Support for this program comes from Room 816, the handmade arts and crafts space with everything from unique t-shirts, pillows, acrylic artwork, fabric dolls, and more, including a new line of fresh oil skin products. Start your holiday shopping today in Room 816, the place for one-of-a-kind original finds on Etsy and Facebook. everyone and welcome to Speak On It, the podcast where the creatives tell their stories about what they do and why they do it. I'm Felicia Hodges and today I'm here with musician Tammy Mitchell Woods, who has been drumming for churches and a bevy of bands since she was a teen in the 70s. An independent artist for hire, she has appeared in drama, metal, and TomTom magazines, has been featured in the Women in Music Network, as well as Beat Keepers, Women with Rhythm, a documentary about female drummers and percussionists. She's also the founder of Drummer Girls United, a Facebook group that now has over 6,000 members. Welcome, Tammy, and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, you, you have such an exciting um, and interesting musical background. How did your rhythmic journey begin? You know, it's funny, my, uh, my mom is a pianist, so she wanted me, of course, to play the piano. So around six years old, I took a year of piano and I absolutely hated it, which made her so sad. But at least it gave me a little, um, a little background on, uh, you know, how reading music and, and what, it, what it looks like and what it sounds like, that kind of thing. Um, my grandfather, though, was a, an, an incredibly gifted musician, guitar player. He could play um, violin, steel guitar, any really almost any instrument. So, of course, he wanted me to play the guitar. So at about uh, third grade, fourth grade, he bought me a, um, an acoustic guitar and paid for a year's worth of lessons, which I hated <laughs> because it just didn't feel right. You know, your instrument should feel like... Um, an extension of you, and that didn't feel like we were melting at all. So um, a couple of years later, um, I was watching TV, and I just keep seeing all these musicians, and I would always watch the drummer, and I kept telling my parents, I know I could do that if I had a kit. And they said, you've already quit two instruments. We're not buying you another one. So um, the summer of my sixth grade year, I uh, mowed lawns, I saved up money, and I bought myself a little, I thought a little crappy kit. It was actually a 1960s Ludwig, like the Ringo Starr style of Ludwig. And I taught myself how to play that thing uh, that summer. And then I kind of lied my way into seventh grade band. You had to have played in sixth grade. At that point, of course, I didn't know how to read drum music. So I watched everybody else in the percussion section. I saw what they were doing as the music was going by and I would just pick it up. So I kind of threw my osmosis almost, picked up how to read um, drum music. And in school, you know, I, I was in the percussion section of like, um, concert band so we were doing a lot of, of things like for full full band full and then I started playing drums behind an orchestra when they needed a, a, a trap set player I did that and then um, I was also a singer so I would play behind our jazz choir and um, other things so I got into that but in the meantime my family was very involved in 
church. And so I started playing um, as a church musician as well. I was the only drummer that this church had ever had. So I started at 14 and I'm 55 now. I'm still playing in lots of churches and conferences and all kinds of things. Now I'm hired to do that. So it's a long journey of doing what I love. <laughs> it didn't happen to be my primary uh, vocation until actually this last year. I finally followed my heart and left my steady job, which is so hard for musicians to do sometimes when you have a steady paycheck, even though you don't feel like you're, that's really what you're called to do. But I knew, uh, I knew this year that it was something that I really needed to do. So I left my job and I started doing this full time and I'm not going to look back. It's been, it's been um, challenging, but it's been wonderful too. I, I've done all kinds of things. I was an athlete, so I was a trainer for a long time. And I did that for several years. I was in, uh, I was a trainer in several gyms. I had my own personal gym and I was doing that. And then um, I got sick. I started getting sick back 15 years ago and um, just got diagnosed five years ago. I have lupus and I have several other autoimmune dis diseases. And so I had to stop being a trainer. But before that, I went to school actually to um, be a social worker. Um, I worked in mental health. So I became a social worker for a, um, a hospice and I did that for a lot of years because my basic personality is pretty uh, bubbly and happy and thankful and I'm, I'm much of an, an encourager as anything else so that was a good fit as far as my personality but this year I decided I needed to go full-time with me my music career and with my group because it's just kind of taken off and as soon as I quit that job opportunities just kind of fell into my lap that I would have never been able to say yes to had I been working a 40-hour week. So it just worked out. Tammy, now that you're so immersed professionally in the music world, do you see it as a tough role for female drummers? I think now it is becoming easier because um, even when I went to the NAMM show, it's the North American music merchants. So basically anybody that has anything to sell to a musician, whether it's instruments or anything involved in the music industry, speakers and that kind of thing, they are going to be there uh, from all over the globe, really. Probably hundreds of thousands of people that walk through. To be able to go, you have to have a badge, which means you're either there with a booth or you are an endorsed artist and you, your company badged you. So I go as an endorsed artist. When I even went for my first time four or five years ago, I saw very few female drummers um, at the kits in the percussion section. You just didn't see that many. And even just this last year, they were everywhere. So even in just the last few years, there's been a big shift in the exposure of female drummers. You see so many more playing behind professional bands. You see so many more on TV. You see so many more in videos on YouTube. It's just, it's kind of exploding and it's not such an anomaly as it was when I was growing up. There was Karen Carpenter, who I didn't know as a drummer back then, and then Gina Shaw back in the 80s with the Go-Go's, but I knew nobody else. I had never heard of another drummer. So now, the females that are rising up that are becoming drummers, they have everything at their disposal. Tons and tons of people um, on YouTube that they can emulate and they can watch people on, you know, MTV or other videos or um, there's or anything like that. So there's a lot more people that they can look to as kind of sheroes. 
Sheila E is one uh, that I found later in life, but my gosh, she is just at the top of who can play well, you know, she's just so good. As hard as it used to be back in the 70s and 80s, um, I think it's becoming much, much easier. And I think a lot of bands, even now, when I uh, audition for a band, that when I walk in, I'm a 55-year-old, five-foot-tall little woman, you know, they're probably thinking, oh, no. But once they hear me play and see that I'm a professional, I've done this for lots and lots of uh, years, it doesn't matter to them anymore. They just want somebody that's solid and that, that um, gets along well with the band and comes in as a professional and I can switch on a dime if they need me to change something up. People right now, I don't see that many roadblocks for females as it used to be. I think it's much, much easier. If you go in as a professional, you're going to be treated like a professional. I mean, I, there are going to be exceptions, but for the most part, I don't have any trouble getting hired, you know, not because I'm a female. You actually had a hand in creating a Facebook page turned community for women who are interested in percussion and drumming. How did Drummer Girls United begin? Um, how it began was real simple. About five years ago, or six maybe, I was diagnosed with lupus, and I was so sick that we really thought I could pass away uh, fairly quickly. So my husband and I were in hospice. We are real comfortable having, you know, death talks. So we were kind of talking about what if, well, then we were going through those hard scenarios. And he mentioned, you know, we don't have any pictures of you playing the drums. We don't have any videos of you playing the drums. We need that. It would be tragic if we didn't have that and you passed away. So I started to get kind of serious about if I have the energy, if I can breathe well, I'm going to practice. And so I started looking up other female drummers on YouTube. I came across Annika Niles, an, an incredible drummer, uh, Emmanuel Caplet, another incredible drummer, so many that I was coming across and I, I went to my Facebook, I um, sent them messages, we became friends, we started talking back and forth. And then I started finding other uh, female drummers as well. So I thought, wouldn't it be cool if I just started a little page that we could all get together and talk and we can talk shop and um, share ideas and you know things like that. So I started the page with me and about eight other female drummers. And then as it went on, uh, they would invite people and I would invite more people. And then those people would invite more people. And then um, by this year, uh, year three, I guess, uh, of it, Facebook got involved because they actually called me in February and said, hey, we're going to be doing a commercial for International Women's Day. And we kept thinking, what's cooler than a bunch of female drummers? So we started looking through Facebook groups. You have the biggest group. You have a, a huge following. Would you be interested in being part of our commercial? And I said, yes, of course, I would love that. So everyone had to send in videos, me and whoever else wanted to be part of the commercial. They chose five. I happened to be one of the people that they chose. I was really happy about that. Then they flew us to Hollywood and we got to shoot this commercial. And then they released uh, several versions of it starting March 8th on International Women's Day. From that point, we grew from 1,500 to now 6,200. It was just an amazing bump in numbers just because people saw that commercial. What could a female drummer or even a drumming enthusiast expect to find there? They can expect encouragement. 
They can expect a family. They can expect people to be dorks and goofballs and never judgmental because we want people, even if they've been playing for a week, to share a video and ask us any questions they want because there's not a stupid question and there's not a dumb video. We're all just here to help each other. And so what they're going to find is the most positive group of women that they'll probably find on the face of the earth. It's really been a, a joy to be I call myself kind of the mama bear of the group. I really protect the members. I don't let anyone fight or fuss. Everything is uh, drama free. So it's a really easy place to just hang out and make some friends. And everybody has the same goal. We love drums. We want to learn more. We want to play more. So it's all, it's all going in that direction. Very true about the family nature of it. Some groups, you know, that you're involved in, they kind of deteriorate or there's like issues and situations, but you are on it. It's not that you have to step in and separate people, but the encouragement is, um, is enough, you know, and that, that's such yeah. a testament to how hard you work and how your personality is drawing people in. This year, I've actually had to create a, um, uh, I call my leadership team. So there have been times during this life, I, I was really, really sick. I've had surgery. I've been in the hospital a few times. and. I needed people to kind of run the group. And also, let's just, you know, pull the curtain back a little bit. If something did happen to me, I, I let my husband be a silent member of the group. Just in case something happened, I would want the group to continue. And I, I picked my leadership team specifically because I think that they have the same goals and values for the group that I do. And I believe that they would carry it on in the same manner that I carry it on. So I, I got some of those things in place so that the group will continue to grow and thrive, whether I'm, not, I'm here or not. What do you say to women, you know, to female percussionists and drummers who wonder if they'll ever get a, a chance to live that dream and do the things that you're doing musically? It's, it's a funny thing because I think the same thing about other people that are doing things that I wish I was doing. I was like, well, if I'm ever going to, am I ever going to attain that? So I think we all have that, right? And four or five years ago, I was thinking, oh man, if I could ever, Drum Talk TV didn't even know who I was, much less me do hour-long interviews with them or whatever, or be featured in, in magazines. I couldn't even imagine it. But the, the thing that's gotten me press, I think the most, though, it has been my group because it's so different and it's kind of a standout internationally recognized. It's the largest group on Facebook for female drummers. And it um, now, because everybody loves this group so much, I've had to start a merchandise business, which I've never thought I would sell merchandise as a, as a job, but that has become almost full-time. So that is getting the word out to people all over the world. They see these people wearing these clothes and they start looking us up and there's more members coming in. So because the word is out about this group, that's gotten people in magazines and, you know, like Drum Talk TV, Dan Schinder and some different people interested in wanting to know more. It's, uh, it's just such a different different thing. But then as they get to know me and they get to know my musical background and they start to see my videos that's kind of opened that door for me as a musician as well so i think that's how it's worked for me to get i guess recognized or noticed as a musician it was the other thing really kind of opened the doors for a lot of that 
And I go to a lot of things where I will meet people that are kind of in the industry. So I go to the NAMM show every year and I went to the Drumia Festival in Vancouver this year and I met tons of tons of people in the industry that I look to as heroes and people that I would emulate. And so I got to really just sit down and talk shop with them and learn more about how to do what I'm doing, how to do it better, how to be more professional and it's like anything you you get where you need to go a lot because you know the people that are going to help you get there so it's i'm meeting all of these people that kind of open these doors for me and that's that's helped me a lot as well you've talked about your autoimmune diagnosis and how it's affected your musicianship and your professional life including spurring you to create the facebook page drummer girls united has it affected you in other ways it has uh, it has very much. As far as me as a person, I think it's made me more thankful even than I was. I've always been a happy person, generally. I've always been a a thankful person and pretty positive thinking, but this has made me really grateful for the times that I'm not so sick. About a six-month period that I wasn't out of bed much at all. I was just too sick, and I couldn't breathe well, and um, I was just having a hard time. So days that I can get up, clean the house, make breakfast, you know, and drum and do interviews and anything else that I'm getting ready to do, I just feel so I feel so blessed by it. So it's made me a really thankful and even more positive thinking person. But as far as the challenges musically, I get really bad uh, brain fog. So my memory is affected and I have a hard time uh, finding words sometimes when I'm doing speeches because I get hired to talk to groups and things. So I have a hard time with that. But as far as learning, you know, four hour sets, I usually do pretty good with memorizing music. But just in case, I have a lot of things that I've kind of come up with that help me. But other than that, I do pretty good as long as I'm not in a real smoky situation where my breathing is affected. So it's been, it's been, it's been pretty good so far. <laughs> but a lot of times I have to have help like loading and loading out just because of the breathing, but I'm good beside that. So what's next on your horizon? Well, um, tomorrow at night I leave uh, on a plane to go to Auburn, California. I was asked to be the guest clinician for an all-female drum camp. We're going to be doing clinics. So from nine to nine at night, it's very immersive. And uh, it's going to be me and the two people that own the the camp. And they let me choose what sessions I'm teaching. So I'm going to do a shed session to help new drummers learn how to put fills within their grooves. Because a lot of drummers, they can play groove just fine with the band. But if they have to do a fill, they cannot find one. They can't come back. They really have a hard time with timing on that. So I'm going to help them with that. Another session I'm teaching, um, just, I named it, You Don't Know What You Don't Know. So it's going to be basically Drums 101. All, all of the things that I've learned over all of the years that maybe if I can teach that to them now as far as just how do I pick symbols or how do I know drum lingo? What's the difference between a bright symbol and a dry washy symbol? All of those kinds of things that you just figure out as you're going along. Hopefully, if I can give them that information right in the beginning, that I can build on that so they'll be much farther later on. My one session that I'm really excited about, though, is about deconstructing music to memorize it really quickly. So a lot of people listen to music, but they don't really hear it. They can't deconstruct it so they can hear just the drum parts. I always listen for 
for the bass drum part first. If I've got the bass drum, then I can build everything on top of that. So every time somebody sends me to learn, I, I find the bass drum pattern, and there's usually several loops of patterns. You know, there might be one pattern in the verse, it might change through the bridge, it might change again in the chorus, but there's usually patterns. So I learn those patterns first in my mind, and then I build whatever the hi-hat's doing, whatever the snare is doing, and then any fills after that. But that makes it very quick to learn a song. I can learn lots and lots of music that way very quickly and pretty precisely. And if you are or know someone who is a female drummer or drumming enthusiast, please invite them to join our group. And we have drummers as young as six. And of course, six-year-olds don't have Facebook. So I have a dad of a six-year-old. I think he's widowed. And so there was no wife to join for her. So he asked me permission if he could be part of the group, like as a silent member, but at least she can watch the videos and he can post her videos. And I said, absolutely. There are exceptions to the female only. I accept anybody that sees themselves as a female drummer, and it's just been a big happy family. We're not having a problem with any of that. Go to Facebook, uh, type in Drummer Girls, one word, United, second word, and uh, click join. And there's three questions they have to answer. Basically, are you a female drummer? Tell me something about your drumming history. How did you find us? That kind of thing. Answer the questions. I will prove it and uh, welcome you to our family. To connect with Tammy for clinics, speaking engagements, or Drummer Girls United merchandise, use the search bar on Facebook and type in Tammy Mitchell-Woods Drums. And check her out, you should. That's our episode. You can follow Tiger Lily Communications via our website, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or you can even email us at tigerlilycommunications at mail, justmail.com, to let us know your thoughts. By the way, the wonderful music that you hear is a song called Please Irene by Lynn Riley and the World Mix. Now, we know you're missing live music these days, just like we are, so check out some of their past performances on their YouTube channel. We'll be featuring them soon in a future episode of Speak On It. Hope to catch you again soon. Stay safe out there. <laughs>